Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet. No GPS. No text messages. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Walking Dead TV podcast, episode 367. This is Russ, and with me is Aaron and Rich. Hey, Hey, guys. All right. Before we get started, uh, I just want to thank everyone for their well wishes and kind words and uh, generosity towards uh, towards, you know, Jim and and his family and and everything. And, you know, for those of you that, uh, um, you know, reached out there, there was a lot of uh, a a lot of uh, comments and a lot of uh, support and stuff. And we we all and I know his family greatly appreciates all of that. So thank you very, very much. It was for sure nice to see. Yeah, it definitely makes uh, makes dealing with stuff like this a little bit more palatable when you know people are kind of constantly throwing compliments towards you know somebody that you respected and liked and um, and everything else. And I know uh, editing last week's episode, I went through a bunch of old podcast audio looking for stuff, and that was that was kind of bittersweet. But it, but uh, it brought back a lot more happy memories than sad. So. Uh, so it was, it was, it was good. Oh, so did you cut some, I haven't, I didn't listen to it. So you cut some stuff into what we talked. I just, I just found that piece of audio from New York comic con 2009 when John was, uh, cool there when Jim walked up. Yeah. It was just such a cool piece of audio. I need to go listen to that. Yeah. 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 We talked about it in, in, uh, in, uh, one of the episodes and then he found the audio and clipped it in there. So yeah, it was, it was, I was glad I would, I would actually, I actually was able to find it. So it's real short, but it kind of encapsulates his enthusiasm and his, uh, yep. uh, and everything else. So it was, it was a cool little piece. All right. So we are going to try and get back into the fray here as best we can. So we'll start with a little bit of news in an odd move that I understand, but also, was a little frustrated with, and I think even Jeffrey D. Morgan was a little frustrated with, um, AMC announced a new Walking Dead spinoff called Isle of the Dead, which is going to be a Maggie and Negan uh, show. And so um, joining <laughs> the Carol and Daryl show, uh, we now have four characters we know that are pretty much going to make it to the end of the end of the series without uh, without consequence. I have two thoughts on this. One, this is obviously because they can't keep paying all these actors in one show, so now they got to split them off and justify paying their salaries and getting more revenue streams from more advertisement while saturating our Walking Dead brains. Um, but the other point is, I'm okay with this. I'm willing to give anything like this a try, but if for one second, even one even hint at a possible romance or anything or even just them banging, I'm out. 
that that will end it right there for me because I'm sorry. They, I just have a feeling that's something that's in the cards, and if they go that way, I'm out. Oh, I don't think that's going to be a, that happen at all. Really? I mean, yeah, I no. just, I, 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 there's a lot of chitter chatter, you know, you know that uh, place, uh, the internet, and um, but mistake you, number one. Well, yeah, yeah the, I mean, the internet doesn't write all, the series. I know, but I'm just saying you take it all with a grain of salt. But it still kind of creeps into into the head because there was I forget which episode this season, but where, you know, when they were out with the whole train car thing and all of that stuff where they, there was a look, a glance. And I was like, don't. Yeah. But I think they, I think they dispelled and squashed all that pretty quick. Like I don't, I mean, Aaron, I'm curious what you think, but I, I don't think that's in the cards at all. I think, I think any thought like that comes from your mind being so trained to expect that kind of thing uh, that it just, feels like a probably it feels like an open tv trope right it feels like an open possibility that can emerge i doubt think it would emerge in this case just because of who these characters are and whatnot but that's that's why i'm saying it i just don't want that because neither one of these characters would want that at all and it's just i can see for fucking cheap ratings them going that way and i just that that will be it for me right there. But other than that, I'm willing to give it a chance. I mean, one, I love both of those actors, and you know, I'm a, I'm up for because isn't it like they're stuck on New, in Manhattan or something? Yeah. So that gets that gets so this gets to my thoughts on this whole thing because I um I I think it's a pretty silly idea um in terms <laughs> in terms of like more of this. Okay, sure, but. Yeah, it is annoying to, like, know about this already as far as, like, we still have a good chunk of season left. It's like, oh, okay, so we're just... Uh, Over a third of the season left. We're we're just getting, you know, (laughs) very, very secure thoughts that, hey, these guys are definitely going to make it to the end of this thing. But um, the idea of them going to Manhattan to deal with zombies, like, all right, I want to see what that is. I get that it's just a title, but at the same time, it's like... Isle of the Dead, and it's a man. It's about Manhattan. Like that's boring. Like, give, but it's give me a chances better. to do give cheeky me. little homages to like yeah, Muppets yeah, yeah, take no, no, no. Manhattan. It's, it's, I have no problem. Like I have that. no problem with the idea of going to New York. It's just the idea of calling it Isle of the Dead, and then it's yeah. like Manhattan. It's like Island. Like I get that. Yes, it's an island, but it's like that's a silly title for that show. Like if I think Island, nothing about Manhattan. I'm thinking like Maui. Yeah, like, like, yeah, like an island. <laughs> like, well, I would yeah. imagine that the people in New York or the people outside New York probably destroyed all the bridges and tunnels because that blocked off more. You know. Yeah, but I, even the people that the people, so that, live, now the people that live in Manhattan, an the people that live in Manhattan, I don't think of the think they think of themselves as man. This is a great island we live on. I think they just yeah, think yeah. of themselves as New Yorkers. That's yeah. that's, that's what I'm coming at it with. It's like it's a, such a weird like. It just it sets a certain tone. It's like Island of the Dead. What's that about? Are they, they in Jamaica? They don't, no, they're on they, Manhattan. Like what? They don't okay. care anyway. <laughs> they're just walking here. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, yeah, I mean, what I'm, are they going to do on the island? I don't know. Whatever. It's it, not nothing. It's, it's nothing comic book related. So we'll see. It's an Escape from New York Walking Dead mashup. <laughs> that's the thing it's like maggie right. is inside the island and negan has 48 hours to go retrieve her from from manhattan well the other thing that gets me it's like it's a it's a, it's a show set on manhattan they're not going to film in new york so like, no. what's this going to be what's this going to look like i'm very yeah. curious but it, like 
I think there's areas of Atlanta that could double for parts of New York. Of course, Marvel's proven that any part of the world can be something if you film it in Atlanta, so whatever. It's just like, all right, (laughs) whatever, let's see what this looks like, I guess. Well, and they get a chance to taste the second best pizza in the country, nay, the world. So... The first yeah, best we... country, of course, being Connecticut pizza, right? That's what we all know. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. of course. <laughs> Chicago, the deep dish. Um, so there, they announced this as like, what was it? A six, it's a six part series, right? Like this yeah. is going to be a short, kind of one of those short run type deals. Sure. Um, so yeah, I'll be curious to see what the premise is. And I think they said 2023. So, so. Oh, I didn't catch so. that. It's a limited thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they're not going to just. Keep doing cheap shit. No, 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 keep no, ratings no. going. Okay. I mean, unless it's a breakout smash hit, like we'll see. Yeah, it's so far yeah. it's just announced as a one-off type of thing, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I think the Daryl and Carol thing is like a more ongoing series, mm-hmm. but this is this is meant to be just almost like a you know, like a Disney Plus thing, like a. And know. this might be a little screwy in my head, but I kind of want it to end with one of them killing the other one. Yeah. I don't that's, care which one, but that seems that seems like very predictable. <laughs> like I don't know. I mean, where we're at. So uh, more predictable would be one saves the other one by killing, by sacrificing themselves. Yeah. From to yeah, from that's the Duke more what I would expect <laughs> from the Duke. <laughs> nice. <laughs> anyway, it'd be funny if they incorporated some kind of element of like like that at some point they tried to wall off uh manhattan for you know to try and keep everybody out um anyway there's a lot they could do with that obviously but um, i think it could be fun i think it might be nice i just don't want them to do stupid shit so yeah i don't um again again, who knows but i don't i don't again i think the romance thing is off the table um and the next bit of news, so while filming the final episode of the series, which they're underway right now, it appears that Norman Reedus was involved in some sort of accident and received a concussion. So uh, I, I didn't read any more than beyond that. I don't know he's, if you guys he's, have. He's fine now. Like, he's, okay. he's, he's, it's not, he's not, uh, it's not the worst news here. It's more of like, he suffered this thing and it sucked, but he's getting along better. But yeah, that happened. <laughs> Yeah, I mean concussions can be you know anywhere from somewhat mild to pretty severe. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, and the the range there is is pretty significant. So and all of Angela King's horses and all of her men, yeah, put Norman Reedus back together again. You know what's funny? This is this is a total nitpick, but this just this just watching the end of the episode, they do those like you know uh, behind the scenes you know things where they talk to the showrunners. They do yeah. it on Fear too. You would think a major network, knowing that this is how they're going to conduct this, would produce these things with decent sound and video. Like, it just boggles my mind, the fact that this literally looks like somebody just called her up on Skype. Um, and well, has, it's the pandemic a, mode. Yeah, but, yeah, but there's but, there's good but, versions of that. <laughs> well, I agree. I'm just saying. I mean, you're I not going to get 4K here, Russ. I'm just saying. No, but, like... Anyway, I see half-assed podcasters that have better audio and video set up in their, yeah. you know, in their. Yes, we than, do. Than yeah. this, than this nonsense. Yes, we do. You know, AMC can send somebody over to Angela King's house and you know, mic her up and and 
you know, do some soundproofing to get decent audio for these things, especially because it seems like they record them probably all in one day because the the setting yeah. and, and everything else. Anyway, it's, it's a stupid... somebody won't want to wear a mask or somebody isn't going to get vaccinated. And then it's a bunch of hoo-ha and back and forth. And then we get Skype. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's there's I mean, there's plenty of people that are putting on a full blown television production i'm sure they could spare one person to go somewhere to, to properly I set agree. up audio video um i think it's just laziness that's just my my get my it's just like the, we don't want to put any effort into that here just call you up um it just bugs me because because it, it just to me it just reeks of laziness more so than anything else but well anyway. to be honest though i'd rather than keep as much of the budget into the actual show versus the after show yeah i you know yeah. Um, Again, you don't need 4K after show, Russ. No, but it would be nice to have make it so it's, somebody doesn't sound like they're in a basement cellar. <laughs> um. Anyway, just nitpick. Um. That's. I don't have any other news unless you guys have any news. Well, I got. We got two episodes to cover. So. Yeah. So we're gonna get through. I. <clears throat> again, for these two episodes, I don't have terribly long notes. Um. You know, stuff happened, but I think it's honestly fairly straightforward to kind of boil this down um the first episode we're going to talk about is season 11 episode 11 uh, rogue element um and this was directed by michael cutlets mm-hmm. abe returns uh, abe returns yeah um so this is again a very uh, eugene focused episode um there is uh, it was very noirish very um um, there's a lot going on in this episode, you know, with as far as like Eugene trying to be the sleuth um, and and figure out what's what's really going on, especially after what happened last episode. So um, the episode starts with him and Stephanie. I like this little exchange that they have where he's like, I was thinking about you while I was getting my knife sharpened. <laughs> and he mentioned, he's like, yes, the thoughts were non-homicidal. Uh, it was just the, the strangest uh Exchange, and then he even has a conversation with Princess to talk about how you know he feels about her, she feels about him, and you know she's like, oh no, if you know if if she told you that, then you know you're you know everything's everything's on the up, um, and it's you know very upbeat. A couple couple key things: he gives her a key to the apartment. Yep, uh, and she reads some of his novel. Yes, (laughs) which I'm very curious about. Yeah, we find out a little bit more about that at the end of the episode, that this novel was when he talks to the real Stephanie, a.k.a. Max. But mm-hmm. um, he, um, uh, well, I guess that was next episode, actually. But, um, but yeah, happy montage. Yeah, we get this happy montage, you know, great music, uh, Eugene's sitting at the table, and all of a sudden it turns to night. And uh, the music starts to get more sinister and slower, and this thing takes a very dark turn, and Eugene has been stood up. It has this, and, this really silly log shot of him holding the ice cream cones, and then turn, yes. like it rotates around him, turns dark, and then he's still holding the ice cream cones, but they've melted. They've melted, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great. I yeah. loved it. It's the, like, I like it, but it's just so, like, over the top, like, Eugene's sad now. <laughs> and he's, like, yes. with his ice cream cones, like, just sitting there all day. Yeah. Aww. Um, he goes back to her place, starts digging around, um, can't find her, and obviously she is in. So we find out she's inside, furiously packing a suitcase to get out. <clears throat> so, mystery afoot. Um, 
then we cut over to the other part of the story is, is Connie um, is trying to get her story published about what happened at the at the ball and is trying to convince her editor and her editor is kind of giving her pushback and, you know, says, oh, well, I don't you know, I don't want you know, you to just regurgitate what Pamela said. And she's like, no, I want you to regurgitate what Pamela said. Like, um, and they're they're kind of framing this narrative around Tyler that he had PTSD. He was unstable. Um, uh, and everything else going on. Um, yeah, they so, want to so, they want to spit in, hide things, and I, exactly. I, I like this stuff because it's like even in the apocalypse, editors are assholes. It's, yeah, it's unique to The Walking Dead as far as like, oh, there's like a newspaper story going on, and like the yeah. truth is being hidden. Yeah. Um. Then we find out that Lance Carol goes with Lance, and then find out Lance is running a black market opium gig Naturally. because of course because of course he is. <laughs> Um, which I thought was really funny. Um, so he's, you know, got this side gig going on. The hospital gets the opium to use for painkillers and stuff. And, um, and, and it's clear that Carol is kind of like we, we theorized, you know, last time we talked where, <clears throat> where Carol is, is, you know, doing these tasks to clearly get Ezekiel kind of bumped up the list. Um, and just be in on this side of things, because she's, yeah. she's more like, this is what interests her, as opposed to, you know, just faking it inside, <laughs> being a homemade yeah. person. Yep. Um, so, Prince, we come back to Eugene. Princess uh, comes for a visit, and Eugene has the full murder board going, where it's like the the photos, the string, the the whole the whole nine nine yards. I he's loved even, it. Yeah, he's even got a guy that he knows that he's following that he saw outside her place, and he's you know all these flashbacks and and all this other kind of stuff. Here's my question: When you're watching this episode, did you like? Did you find this humorous? Like, was it? Did like the tone to you suggest like I should be having fun with this stuff? It uh, no, did, not for me. In, it did kind of, but in an ironic way. But mostly, it just seems sad. That's a good word for it because I agree, and I can't say I was uninterested. But at the same time, it's like my thought was, where is this going to go that like justifies doing this stuff for a whole episode? As I realized that's what it was going to be, like him having conspiracy theory brain, and we'll yeah. get to, we'll get to where it does go. Uh, but at the time, I'm just. I I was more or less like I'm not sure what we're going for here, uh, especially after that like over that elaborate shot that I just mentioned about the ice cream cones. It's like, what's, yeah, what's the goal of this? Like I, I kept wondering that throughout the episode. It was almost like a horror noir kind of vibe they were going with this thing because yeah, there's but it a lot stars of Eugene, so it's like you're like, yeah. what is this supposed to be? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of there's. I there's thought a lot there were on. moments of cleverness and fun in it, but like I said, mostly sad, but. Um, at the same time, it had me wondering, are they about to kill off Eugene? I mean, when they dedicate this much of an episode to a character, it usually doesn't bode well. Usually when he has something profound to say. And so Eugene didn't have anything particularly profound. But, yeah, but yeah no, I get where you're going. There's yeah. a version of this where he could have died, like in terms, especially given yes. what he finds out. Yeah. But we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we cut over to Mercer... I, it, the th- funny thing about this bit is we have all these, you know, stormtrooper guys. They're completely armored up, and yet these random weak ass walkers are like getting the better of them, even though they have this, you know, heavy duty armor and all this. Stuff. Like it, it was just, I don't know. It just, it, it's like how, how is this, like how are you, how is there any peril here? Because what are they going to bite? You guys are all armored up. Um, 
but but anyway, they you know I guess they got to ramp up the tension a little bit. So we, you, Connie goes to see Mercer, and we find out that Mercer's sister is the one that was you know that that um, that was grabbed and 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 kind of taken hostage. That, that Connie figured that out. Yeah, yeah, she 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 realized this. Um, we cut back to to Carol, um, and she's of course Carol is is very astute and and at this point knows you know is is very good at finding out like what's going on um and what she finds out is the lieutenant guy that was that's kind of in charge of the opium trade um is skimming off the top that essentially lance kind of gave him a raise and the lieutenant guy went to each of those people that work on the with the opium and took their raise and threatened to beat them up if they they said anything and so Carol kind of got wind of all that and um and and ends up going to going to Lance um uh and letting him know and then Lance arrests that guy. So again, Carol clearly proving her worth and proving to Lance that she's somebody to to definitely keep around um and has and has some some uh some good observations. This I mean like I, I get what it's doing. It just seemed like that's that seemed like an easy solution for all the people that were getting ripped off. It's like if Lance comes, yeah. tell Lance and he'll arrest him. Like, yeah. Like is that, that was literally the goal? Like you know, oh, he's stealing money. I can't tell him or else he'll beat me up. Okay, Lance mm. comes in. Like, oh, I guess I'll tell this old woman. Like, what, what's, yeah. what, what's going on? Oh, good. They arrested Lance. Really. really <laughs> Really cunning way to avoid that tricky situation. There, I told on him. <laughs> <laughs> I guess coming from Carol, it has more credence than I know. I, it's just, but but no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. It's like yeah, that was convenient resolution to this. It situation. is it's, like I because it's it's more about like how the and like I'm underselling what the what this means for Lance and Carol. Like they're doing good work right. in this episode. Lance in particular, I think. Yes, Josh. Not Josh. Uh, no, Josh. Right. What's his name? Um, Hamilton, Josh Hamilton. Hamilton yeah, I'm like that's not yeah. Dermot because that's fucking Eugene. Uh, <laughs> Hamilton. Um, he's, I think he's doing a lot of interesting work as this guy. Like it's, it has a level of quirk to it as far as like his fake smile and his greasiness. Yet people respect yeah. him to some degree. It's there's something there that I'm enjoying for this episode for this character. Yeah, especially when we get to this bit at the end. There's 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 yeah, just yeah, an yeah. extra layer to 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 what he's doing as Lance that. Um, you're just like, okay. Um, is Lance in the comics? I forget. Is that, is this a character? Yes. Yeah, he yeah. is, right? Yeah. Okay. yeah. 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 It's almost uncanny. Like when he does that smile thing, yeah. it's, it's very uncanny. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so Eugene and princess, uh, decided they find out this guy's Calhoun, the guy that they're, you know, kind of on, on the case of, and the they sneak into it. The plumber, yes, the quote unquote plumber that Eugene says he's no plumber. Um, they sneak into his house and they find this, you know, suitcase full of weapons. Um, and at that point, they try and sneak out, and of course, they get they get busted, they get caught. Um, Princess has a good like when they're because when Eugene's like trying to plan all this stuff, and Princess is, like she sees it in him that he's like pathetic. <laughs> so she's like, yes. okay, let's go. But before what she's trying to convince, what he's trying to. Con- when Eugene's trying to convince her, he's like, I don't know. I got a little job, a little bed. I might get a little cat. Like, it's, 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 a, yes, yes. it's a series of lines. It's yes. pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, the whole everything little. Yeah, I got a little I got a little place, I got a little bed. A little... 
Think about getting a little cat. Yeah. yeah. She is really, really good in, in, in the show. Like she has been a great addition to this cast. Um, so Mercer goes back into, into the, he finds out that, um, uh, that, um, Tyler's gone. Um, and he's, he's pretty upset because it seems like obviously Mercer is starting to get wind that, that there's things going on that he, you know, probably a little bit he knows, a little bit he doesn't know. There's things that, you know, he's, he's, there's a lot going on. Mer- he, and we'll see a, guy, a little bit. He's a guy that he keeps his head down because he knows where his status is in this. Yes. And yeah. more and more he's realizing there's things going on, but it's a matter of how much does he want to keep his head down and do his job. Um, and how much does he want to actually figure out? And because that's the way our char- our heroes work, where they dig into things and everything turns into chaos, he's going to learn a lot more as a result of this. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, there's there's a bit that happens in the next episode that we'll talk about that kind of brings that to light too. Mm-hmm. Is that he he knows when to, he knows how far to push before he gets pushed back. Like when he tried to sneak princess or bring princess into the gala and got pushed back. Like that's fine, right? Like he's gonna exert him, exert himself mm-hmm. and and push forward because that's pretty benign. But when it comes to something like this, he kind of showed his displeasure, but didn't push it because he knows, okay, this is the you know this is the bridge too far that I need to kind of kind of dial it back with. Um. So yeah, I, I continue to find Mercer a, a a very interesting character. I agree, and I I think he's rather clever <laughs> yes he's a very smart character as far as yes what he has to put up with um eugene and princess obviously they've been arrested uh last lance comes in and and covers for calhoun and tells him he's on the up and up and makes him you know he he's going to smooth things over and he makes him sign sign some paperwork um and and princess you know basically tries to convince eugene it's like no she you know, she, she left you and, uh, and Eugene's like, well, what about you told me if, if she's, if a woman says she loves you, she means it and all this. And she's like, she kind of backtracks it a little bit and is like, well, she packed up her stuff and left, man. So like, what do you, you know, what are you going to do? Um, but Lance basically gets him out of trouble. And so this was a little weird. Well, we find out later, you know, obviously he had to sign. Did, did Lance tell him at the time? It, I, I, I missed this while I was taking some notes and didn't backtrack. But did he tell him he had to sign a confession or sign a like he makes him sign something in prison in the in the jail? And we find out later what that what that is. But um, I, I don't recall what Lance actually told him when they were in the when he he got him out of the actual jail cell. I'm um, at a loss too. Okay. That one. I mean, wasn't it something about you won't you won't be believed or something like that? Or well, no, at the very end, he tells him like, "Hey, I mean, he." I guess we'll get there. At the very end, he tells him like, "Hey, you signed a paper saying that you were having delusions and that you were, you know, yeah, you, yeah, you, that's you, it, all this delusion, other kind yeah. of stuff." Yeah. And, and Eugene made it seem like he didn't realize that that's what he was signing. It's like he so, like a promise that just to leave him alone, basically. The Calhoun, like that, yeah. something along those lines. Yeah, like not quite a restraining order, but just a hey, just stop messing with this guy. That kind of thing. right, right. Um, 
<clears throat> so we cut back to Connie and By the way, the second Lance comes in, is just like, we'll let you go, just sign a thing. I was like, okay, so the fix is in. Like, this clearly, yes. like, clearly yes. Eugene's actually right about something. That's, that's my, that was my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we cut, we cut back to Connie and Tracy's place, and Connie gets a note um, shoved under the door, and she opens it, and there's just a bunch of names on it. And one of the names on the on the note is Tyler Davis. Um it's like the last name because it's the newest on the list and like circled and underlined and highlighted and said this evil going on. <laughs> and, um, yeah. St- yeah. Stay tuned for next week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> so then Eugene goes back and I'm trying to think he doesn't go back to Calhoun's place. I think he goes. I forget where or he's he, it, no, he does. Well, it doesn't go to Calhoun's. He just follows him again or something like that. Right. And it, yeah. And falls it into and, like a. A, a warehouse that says evil in here. <laughs> like there's a lot of direct things exactly. going on. Yeah. So he sneaks in, he attacks somebody, he gets hit, turns around and it's Stephanie. Mm-hmm. The, the, Stephanie hits him. Um, and he's extremely confused. She ends up running up and then Lance comes down and this is like a masterful performance. Like he just comes down. He's very stoic. He drops Eugene, the coffee cup. He stops limping. <laughs> it's actually yeah. Kaiser Soze. It's Kaiser Soze. <laughs> exactly. um, Eugene gave a phenomenal performance in in this uh, in this sequence where he just completely breaks down and loses it, and he just talks about how he's been played from the beginning, and Stephanie isn't real, and you used me to get to Alexandria, and you played with my emotions, and. You know, just like basically made a complete and utter fool out of him and everybody else. And he's just like, I'm, you know, I'm going to tell everybody who you are and what you're doing. And I'm going to blow the lid off this thing. And Lance is like, it's it's awesome because Lance is like, oh, OK, yeah, go go ahead. <laughs> like He is completely uh, unintimidated by what Eugene um, is is planning to do and that and this is where it comes out it's like oh yeah by the way you signed a paper that basically said you're crazy and deranged and um, and a stalker and so you can say whatever you want and nobody's gonna believe you um, uh, I so I'm of two minds of this because like overall I'm not a big fan of this episode um, and it's because like this stuff just like I I don't know what it really added up to because my the same issue I've had with the Commonwealth it's we know that there's bad things going on. Like we know that it's not an up and up place, whether or not it's like extremely corrupt. That's yet to be seen, I guess, but not just because like the, the show has shown us this, but it's shown us no effort to hide this, like in Lance, in that performance, in right. how these people act in the way, like what's her, what's her name? Um, Yumiko's Pamela. that too, but Yumiko's brother, like the way he, like there's just, there's, oh, right. there's no like, there's no shield here that's like, you know, you know, we're all good, everything's great, and like, and you don't, you don't have. It, it's not like we're suspecting this. It's we definitely know something's bad going on here. So it's the idea yeah. that like Lance is revealing something huge is like, okay, yeah, I, I know as a viewer, like this isn't surprising to me. So it's hard for me to like invest in the idea that like this is a shocking reveal when it's like it's not shocking whatsoever. But at the same time, Eugene, it. If anything justifies that one episode where he was freaking out back, remember that episode when he was free when they were like getting indoctrinated yes. into the yeah, it was almost unnatural. And yeah. we, we were like, why is Eugene like so over the top, like upset about like things? This episode, I guess, just is like okay, so that's just how he is when things get too intense. He just starts yeah. sweating piles, you know, buckets of water, and can't deal yeah. with it. It's like okay, so here's another example of that. So it's like, well, it didn't come out of nowhere. 
how he is. And then it's, and, and then it's, I mean, what did he reveal exactly? Like, what did he actually tell to Eugene that's so, like, devastating to him? Beyond the fact that Stephanie's, like, a fake, like, what's new here? Like, what did he learn that's so, like, is, is, is the Commonwealth, is he being harmed in some way by this? Or is it just like, we find information about other communities. Okay, like, yes, that's, what's Eugene going to tell the town? They're sneaking out and finding other communities with people in them. Okay, I, I just, I was feeling like yeah. a lack, I feel like a lack, like, there's, there's like, there's a conspiracy theory, and he's right about it. What was the conspiracy? That they gather information about stuff. Okay. Am I off base here? Did I miss something that's, like, more devastating to Eugene beyond the Stephanie thing? Yeah, to your point, Aaron, I'm I'm of the same mind where I'm just like, you know that something's afoot, but I don't quite understand. Like, it, usually by now we kind of get a hint of what Sinister is going on, and the only hint we have right now is, like, some form of class warfare. Like, it's it's basically just the haves and have-nots, and they're kind of, you know carrying forward, you know, previous society, you know, class structures, which mm-hmm. not saying that's good, but in, in the, you know, big bad behind the corner kind of thing, like it seems like they're making it out to be something a little more sinister than that even. Um, well, yeah, because it, it seems like Lance's thing is very separate from whatever the rebels are doing. It's just like, yeah, no, Lance has his own thing going on. <laughs> right, right. And at and first, I that, thought that's what it, was going on. Is I thought, oh, Lance is a part of this whatever this rebellion is that's looking to change the order and stuff. And and after what happened at the end of this episode, I'm like, well, no, clearly that's not what's going on here. Like he's yeah. he's and, and then we kind of get glimpses of that when him and Carol are off doing their thing, right? Because he's he's um, yeah, you know, he's double dealing to make sure things going. I mean, if any, like. None of, none of the things you know he's doing seem to be nefarious. Like no one's right. dying. Right. Like, I mean, like, like he's not running like, guns. Right. Like he's not yeah. running his own like stockpile of weapons or something. Yeah. Crazy it just like seems that. like you know he's just anything taking care of the Commonwealth in ways that would make sense for politicians to take care of their communities in some way. <laughs> like I don't I don't see the evil here. Yeah. There's uh, the, some scheming underneath somewhere as far as his ambitions go, but yeah. I don't think anything he's doing is super nefarious or anything. Not, not that I've seen for sure. I mean, the whole thing they did to Eugene was a complete dick move in my opinion. And of course, but, and I mean, that was, that, that's unforgivable in my mind. But other than that, what he's doing, he's doing, I think he's got a good reason. Unforgivable is one way to look at it, but at the same time, it's like, hey, there are other communities out there. We don't know who they are. They seem to get into a lot of trouble, given all of the things that have gone on with those communities. We should find information about them. I mean, that kind of makes sense to me. Like, are we under yeah. are we under a threat? Is it the team of commando warriors that goes around murdering other groups a threat to our community? Maybe. We should probably figure that out before too late. I mean, does that not make sense? <laughs> yeah. It almost seems to me like Lance's deal is just... He's trying to form alliances and get on people's enough people's good side to make mm-hmm. a run at Pamela, right? Like perhaps, yeah. I mean, and at least in this episode, I, that's kind of what I got it. Now, obviously, when we get to the next episode, I think there's something else going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, that that we'll we'll get to that kind of make maybe makes a finer point to that. Either way, his purpose is to endear himself with as many groups as he can. 
mm-hmm. in order to to boost his profile, so it makes it a little more obvious, or he he thinks it should be obvious in everybody else's mind, as far as like what you know, if somebody's going to be giving given some sort of power or role or whatever, that it's it's clearly he's the one that that should that should be well suited for that. So. The other the other thing yeah. that got to me is this whole Stephanie thing is nonsense. <laughs> like, I yeah. I, I did, like what what was the goal to be like? I'll just ditch him one day, not say anything whatsoever, not leave a note. What like to and just assume that he'll be fine with that or not dig or like well, like uh, it's the kind of thing where like they're entirely smart until they're not, and it's like well if, and you're, gonna, the- if you're gonna get rid of this person like provide an exit strategy, right? Not to just leave, right? Exactly. I mean, the whole thing was is like, oh, suddenly he says he loves you and now it's too serious and you got to bail and get out from your undercover assignment. Not that you just spent the night with him or anything. But by the I mean, by the point just, the whole thing is crazy. By the point Russ- Eugene actually gets to the Commonwealth, <clears throat> Lance and company already have all the information and everything they need out of Eugene and his group and where <clears throat> and where the Alexandria is and everything else. So why not just make it to where like Stephanie's just like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. And then just kind of has like a very casual distance. Yeah, I don't know friendship. why the, the charade needed to go on so long and, and so and get ramped up. Like, yeah. why ramp it up? Like, I don't understand. Like it, it, you it, know, it I just can, it was like. It's like a weird like step so we can like have conflict between him and the real Stephanie with Max. <laughs> so like they right. can't just instantly be together. And it's like uh, <laughs> I, I, I just I see through it too easily. It's just like, all right, that's that's that was unnecessary to push us there. Yeah. So basically at the end of the episode, Eugene is kind of a broken man. Lance has called his bluff. Um, we find out that Stephanie is really somebody named Shira and that she actually did enjoy his book. Um, and Eugene is so bummed out and thinking everything is a lie that he takes his manuscript and burns it and uh, up comes behind him is the, quote, real Stephanie. Um, and that's where we end this episode. So this is part one. We will we'll get to episode twelve in a minute. So let's do our why don't we do our busters for this episode? Rich, how many busters you give this one? Um I'm gonna go right down the middle with a three. I mean there wasn't a lot of stellar storytelling in this episode. There was some fun beats to it, some things I liked. Um Eugene was pretty interesting as always. Um, I didn't necessarily like what we just talked about, the whole Stephanie, just the exit strategy or lack thereof. Um, so yeah, three right down the middle. Gotcha. Aaron, I'm at a two and a half busters. Like I, yeah. I was trying to give it some better of the doubt, but it's like, I just, I'm not into what this is. And that's why I was asking like, what's the tone of this supposed to be? Cause I just, I don't feel like I got the vibe that it was on to like appreciate whatever, conspiracy theory story they're going for even if it tied in to like meanwhile connie's dealing with another conspiracy to some degree it's like there's like stuff there but overall it's like yeah not my favorite yeah it's almost like it seems like the connie conspiracy side of things would really be what's more interesting and mm-hmm. they focused on the eugene side of it yeah so yeah that yeah. part of the episode i found 
riveting. I, and I love the Connie character anyway, but still, it's yeah, that was good. But yep. uh, let's I'm, not explore that. Yeah, I mean, I, and I'm sure we'll get there. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna also give this two and a half. I, I think the only thing that really kind of pushed me up from two is is just the the Eugene performance that. Um, yeah, I, I just, is good. I agree. I, I think he had some really good stuff. And then again, that that whole sequence between him and Lance, I thought was just really, really w- well done. Um, and I thought the direction was fine. I, th- I think Cudlitz was like I said, he was kind of going for this like horror noir thing that uh, that for the most part worked for me. I think it I think the deficiencies in this episode were just the script more so than than anything else. Sure. All right. Now the tough part. Um Facebook group comments. I can read the busters. Okay. Uh, we got our, we do have our Facebook group, uh, facebook.com slash group slash WDTV podcast. And every week we put up our buster rating post for all of you listeners to chime in with what they thought of every week's episode. And um, yeah, we have um, several here for this week's episode for, for, for last, for last week's episode, uh, rogue elements. Uh, first up from Mike Jones, he writes two imposters out of five. This feels like last season of Lost, and that's not a good thing. Detective Eugene isn't very interesting. Next week's preview looks good, so there's that. Uh, Kevin Barry writes, two overly sweaty Eugenes out of five. I never really got into the Eugene stuff, but I did enjoy the Stephanie twist at the end, and I am glad it was not him reading the novel to a group of people at his book signing. I did enjoy the two side stories, but I wish they would move on from episodes that focus on how corrupt this place is and progress the story a little quicker. Richard Cherry Choppy Cherryton writes, two murder kits out of five. Again, another mmm episode. It was okay at best. The highlight of this episode was Princess and the lasagna. Apart from that, I wasn't entertained. I just hope this final season ends on a high and doesn't limp along like a walker shuffling to its impending end. Um, <laughs> Yukiyoshi Sawada has plenty to say here. Three Eugene Porters, the world's most apocalyptic greatest detective out of five. One, Eugene with a novel. Do you think he writes the way he talks? If so, that's a hard book to read. Two, 5.30, it's too early for ice cream. The music they play at the ice cream shop almost made me think, wait, is Eugene going to sing? Is this the long-awaited walking to musical episode we've been asking for? Spoilers, it wasn't. Three, I feel like the opening got a bit longer, Make got a bit of a longer makeover. Is it just me? Four, I know the local Commonwealth News team are the enemies of the people, but I can just say good for... Good for Jan for talking to Connie and not Kelly. I just like that she had a full conversation with her and not just once talking to Kelly. Five, makes make that trainee would be put on MP duty before going into field. Also, yeah, the world where you die and reanimate wellness checks would be necessary. This makes sense to me. Six, I generally genuinely believe that Princess doesn't know how the clock how to clock at least something that involves more than a micro how to cook more at least something that involves more than a microwave or just boiling water like me. Seven, Eugene is his best in his best Batman voice. Declare your promise to me to, to the of the truth to me. Uh when Eugene named Roman, I had to check Roman for four hundred days last name. There was none, but I think that Roman here looks kinda like Roman from the game. Could be could just be me. It's a video game reference. I'm trying to remember Roman. Uh, eight, calling it Mercer's sister is one of them. Calling it Mercer's sister is one of them. I don't know what to call Tyler Davis's group. Uh, nine, so Lance knew Moto was doing what he was doing right, and this is just a test for Carol. That's what we all think. Yeah, also, do you 
what does Lance's plan had to do with him since Moto isn't part of the Commonwealth? Do we think that Lance knew this all along? Uh, what, the skimming? Yeah. Uh, I don't think he cared, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think if anything, he may have been suspicious. But Yeah, but I, I think ultimately he just didn't care. Like, Yeah. If there's something to report, there's something to report. Yeah. Uh, 10, license go bags. Yes, this too makes sense to me. This class system in this place may be whack, but I'm digging these just in case procedures. Uh, 11, you know I'm not hearing anything bad that Lance is saying they're fixing the t- See, that's what I'm saying. They're fixing the town. They offered him housing and Medicare. And as he just said, to do a job from 9 to 5. And even if he's one of them, it sounds like they want to make it better for Commonwealth commoners. So, yeah, at the moment, Lance is just guilty of toying with Eugene's heart. you got to admit, Lance did a great job of pulling it off, literally creating a person who has to walk around town going by Stephanie. I mean, it's amazing that her cover wasn't blown. Uh, Josh McDermott was amazing during that monologue, the Lance Power stuff. The Walking Dead Facts, this is the last episode of The Parent Show written by David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick. Come high. That's a lot. There's a lot going on. <laughs> last one here from Brent Jones. 1.5 clip on the ponytails out of 5. This has become a chore to watch, and that makes me sad. Maybe it's because I read a theory about Stephanie that was spot on, so I wasn't invested. But I also didn't care once the Connie's, uh, one, I didn't care once about Connie's story, aside from Mercer showing a sliver of humanity near the end. I think Mercer's been pretty human the whole time. I just don't buy that a place like this would even allow investigative reporting in the slightest, and at the first sign, they'd move her to a new job. The Carol Angel was interesting, except we don't know why he has an opinion of her other than and sneaking out for wine. I know they've got to get from point A to point D in this story, but it feels like they can skip over a lot of details a lot lately. I truly don't care about the Commonwealth. I know I'm supposed to, but we've have we been given a true scale of the size of this place, of their reach? One episode, Eugene shows back shows up back home with the cavalry, and the next episode, they're all at the Commonwealth. I will say I enjoy Rosita in the uniform, beautiful and badass, hashtag swoon. I mean, one of the things I'll say is um, the investigative reporting thing. <clears throat> I think it's a, it's a matter of if you set up a structure that has some legitimacy to it, then you don't have to worry about rogue elements setting up the same structure that you don't control. So, um, you know, it's almost like give it, give it a little bit of a leash to, to give people the semblance of that. There's a quote free press. So, you know, you don't have to, you know, set up an underground. So yeah, that, that doesn't seem too off to me, to be honest with you. Again, they're kind of going out of their way of setting up pre, you know, pre, uh, apocalypse society, you know, from top to bottom, you know, money, you know, jobs, classes, you know, all this kind of stuff. So, all right. Well, cool. Thanks everyone for posting there. Um, So we will move on to episode 12, the lucky ones. Um, and so this one, we start off and we find out that the real Steph is not Steph and the other Steph was not Steph. Stephanie is, is, is a complete fabrication. There is no Steph. Yeah, there is no Stephanie. <laughs> there is no Stephanie. Um, Don't tell number five. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but Stephanie's name is Max and we find out that Max is Mercer's sister and, um, that she built a radio and, Mercer actually found found out um, that uh, that he she she built a radio. So she basically scavenged a bunch of ham radio parts and put together her own ham radio, and that was her the whole time that was talking to Eugene. So she was she had this this thing going. 
um, we find yeah, out we get, a, we get a whole montage told from her perspective, which right. was interesting. Yeah, that was in, they made a point in the in the after episode that said they didn't reuse any of the old footage that they purposely reshot that stuff to put Stefan to put Max's spin yeah. on mm-hmm. her perspective of what happened that we saw in the first episode. So um, I thought, I thought that was interesting because obviously it's, it's her kind of, you know, seeing Eugene's interaction with who he thought was Stephanie at the time. So, um, so I thought that was, that was actually pretty cool. Um, Lance and Pamela and crew are all traveling to in a convoy to Alexandria. And again, this is very like medieval society, right? You've got your, like your knights and your horses and they're being, you know, uh, pulled in this, uh, you know, APC or whatever, you know, whatever it is that has the nice accommodations for them to sit inside and comfort and safety. Um, when we get to Alexandria, we see, it looks like Aaron uh, trimmed the beard a little bit. He's uh, he's, he's, he's he's all praising his proper gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's uh, cleaning himself up a little bit there. He's he's wearing his fancy hand. Yeah, yeah. And he's being very cautious. Like again, Aaron's. Aaron's he, wants, he wants this to go well. Like he yeah. he seems. I mean, he wants to make a good impression on these people coming in. Uh, I guess because he's what I guess they're benefit because they've gotten help to rebuild the city and yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, when they first showed up, they said, "Oh, we can bring some people and help," and and that's panned out where literally Alexandria is being rebuilt with help from from people from Alexandria, and so it it very much a dichotomy, you know, transpose that with how Maggie reacts, and Maggie could like give two shits, right? Like, I mean, Maggie yeah. just doesn't care, and Aaron is like, you know, wants to make sure, you know, he's you know, he's attentive and he's cautious and he's, you know, he, he's, you know, not overly offensive and being disrespectful. Um, and it's, it's interesting because Maggie has a child too. You know, she's Maggie's a single parent. Aaron's a single parent. Um, and I think a lot of what's motivating Aaron to take on, you know, the, the, the kind of the more cautious, uh, persona is, is, is his daughter. So, it's that plus he is an optimist where I think Maggie is very much a pessimist True. at this point. Yeah. And I, and I, I think he's trying to see the greater good of having involvement with a community while Maggie is, you know, she's seeing the negatives that come from this. Yeah. And so if, you know, if it's like, Hey, you're going to help our town. That's, you know, nearly fallen apart several times and we're being held together by popsicle sticks and masking tape. Like, yeah, I, we, I don't want to screw that up. I want to keep this thing going because these people are here, including my daughter. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, Daryl has a conversation with, I think it's, he's talking to Mercer at that time, right? Or, yeah. Or, yeah. He's talking to Mercer mainly. And, and he said, or was it Lance at that time? And he's like, he says, oh, well, you know, what, what did he, what did he, oh, he's in charge here or something like that. What did he do before? And Daryl looks he's at him and Mercer. Yeah. yeah. And Daryl looks at him and goes, doesn't matter what he did before. You know, again, Daryl making a point because everything in in the commonwealth is like what did you do pre in your previous life we're going to find a way to adapt that to what you do in the commonwealth whereas in you know specifically Daryl's case because you know obviously Daryl comes from you know checkered past and you know wasn't a you know great person when he came into the group to begin with and so 
you know, he makes a point of saying like, look, it doesn't matter what all these people did before. Like it only matters what they're, what they're doing now. I, I just thought that was a great, you know, kind of a little bit of a thumb in the eye to, to Mercer to say like, Hey, this is how we run stuff here. Like we don't really yeah. care. Yeah. There's, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to go as far as saying communism, but I mean, there's certainly a, a certain kind of vibe um, of Alexandria that's foreign to Mercer as far sure. as the, it's more equal opportunity. Um, you know, someone like Daryl could be the leader. Yeah. Uh, they're not relying on old ways, uh, to make the most of, to make the most sense out of how they run their town. Yeah. Cause he, he, Mercer even says you were a leader here and, and Daryl mm-hmm. says one of them, you know, mm-hmm. cause they did have the, you know, the council and stuff. Yeah. So. Their, their, their circle of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I thought it was very subtle, but I thought it was just really well done. And I think given mm-hmm. where Mercer's at, I think, I think he, I think he took that in. So um, we find out that Pamela knew Deanna, the the previous yeah. leader of Alexandria. So again, it kind of shows. Obviously, Pamela's connected. Her father was the president. So you know, I guess Deanna was involved in some sort of politics pre you know breakdown or whatever too. So it was a nice callback because yeah. Deanna was. I mean, she was a good person. Like yes. she was. A, she was a good leader of alexandria she did her best and like she died along with her children <laughs> like, it's like a, a lot of suffering in this family yeah um, pamela even says it, did she turn and aaron's like yeah we had to put her down it was just yeah, like, I, damn. Like, I, I recall when they did all this so yeah it was it was a nice like way to like remind you of oh yeah that's right that was like seven seasons ago that this yeah. happened <laughs> yeah um but yeah it was i i i really like this this exchange uh going on here uh we cut back to um, to Commonwealth and Ezekiel's been moved up the list. Uh, he's being checked out, uh, what he thinks. And it turns out that he's being given pre-op blood work and Ezekiel's very confused as to, he's confused for a minute. And then he obviously knows he's pretty sure Carol had something to do with this. Um, he, he, he susses it out pretty quickly once yeah. he gets to the house. But before that, Jerry's like, yeah, Jerry, <laughs> Jerry's awesome. Jerry's so, uh, he's thrilled. Like, yeah, boss, like, come on. Boss. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Ezekiel's going to get, uh, get moved up the list. Um, so we cut back in, uh, so Pamela is on her, you know, goodwill tour, right? Alexandria. Yeah. Then she's gone to the, to the, to the Oceanside, which we haven't seen Oceanside in quite some time. Um, mm-hmm. and Pamela's meeting with the leaders of Oceanside and, and they're basically like, look, we're with Maggie. So Maggie wants to go to the Commonwealth. We'll go to the Commonwealth, but you know, Oceanside's with Hilltop. If if Hilltop's not going with you, then we're not going either. And uh, and then we quickly leave Oceanside to forget about them for another sixteen episodes. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe we'll get back to them at the end. Um, so then Pamela meets with Matt. You know, meets up with Maggie, and they kind of come across her. You know, obviously to in a kind of rescue fashion. In the in the midst of like just, <laughs> she might as well be like gutting a cow. Exactly. Like, as far yeah. As what she's doing. Yeah. This is yeah exactly like you know. Uh, yeah, dressing a deer kind of thing, um, yeah. and Aaron tries to talk her into it. Um, to, everybody to, does. This yeah, is, everybody. This is the, let's all talk to Maggie section of the episode. Yeah, and to the point where um, Pamela's like, "Oh, I brought my my you know rifle. Let's let's go on a hunt." And <clears throat> so the two of them um, go off hunting and just kind of have this conversation about um, you know about about you know what she can offer and what they can do and and everything else and and Maggie's just not she's kind of so, sort of impressed with Pamela like from a 
like I think when she when she ends up shooting that Walker in the brains in the yeah in the brain and she, Maggie turns around. Maggie seems like she's a little impressed because I think I think up to this point she thinks Pamela is all like talking no show, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, like doesn't you know? She lives in her ivory tower and doesn't get her hands dirty, kind of thing. So, I, I would go as far as to say that every person she talks to makes the point, and she knows the points they're making, and she doesn't. She's not against anyone in terms of I see who your character is, and I respect you. But I do think she's going entirely off principle as far as her decision goes. Yeah, like in another world, she'd say yes, but because of she's you know, I wouldn't even say saying stubborn. I think she's rightfully making a choice. Um, but because of like where she is as a in her life, it's like no, I can't, I can't make this decision. Like this is not, this is not the best for me right now yeah. or for us. Um. So Carol goes and has a visit to Ezekiel, um, and just to see how she's going. And she bring what is she? She brings him. Oh, she, I don't know. She, um, I well, she, no, no, no. She doesn't bring. I, she um, he's cooking something, which confused me because like the previous scene oh, was right. like, don't yes. don't eat anything for twenty four hours, and I was like, why is Ezekiel cooking? I don't understand. This. Yeah. Yeah, so she comes and gives and gives him. Maybe a he has wine or something. He has something, but yeah, I don't. It's not like a, it's not a, one of those famous Carol dishes. I yeah, don't, I don't believe. Yeah, so they have a nice little visit, and Ezekiel kind of like cheekily hints at like, "Oh, I got moved up the list. Wonder how that happened." You know, that kind of kind of thing going on. Um, well, he, then he does get mad. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he calls it cheating. Yes, and then Carol throws back. It's like if Pamela's son got injured, he'd be up the list right at the top of the way. It's like he's right. <laughs> like take 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 the opportunity, Ezekiel. Calm down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like I get it, right? Ezekiel's a good kind of guy where he's like, I don't want to be cheating other people out of their surgeries just because you know you did something for me. Like I. Right. He's, that's the kind of person he is. Yeah, he's going to feel bad that somebody else is suffering because he got you know bumped. So, mm-hmm. um, so Maggie and Pam kind of continue their discussion. They talk about status and roles and you know who does what. And, and Maggie keeps making a point of like, I just wear regular clothes. I'm dressed like everybody else. I get in the mix with you know everybody else. If you know, the walls need to be fortified. I'm fortifying the walls. If, you know, there, there's a horde coming, I'm out there with the horde. Like, she makes a point of of, of saying that, you know, she's she's in the fray. And she's... I'm she's, not one of you big city folk. <laughs> yeah. I'm a man of the people. I'm a common... I'm a common folk. Um, I'm, just a, I'm just a simple farm girl slash unfrozen caveman lawyer. Your world yes. frightens and confuses yes. me. <laughs> your, your traditions. <laughs> yes. Uh, um... Then uh, Eugene and Rosita have a, have a conversation. Um, they they talk about Stephanie and what's going on and everything else. And um, this is nice because you know th- th- there's been so many times where Eugene and Rosita have had a conversation, and you know it's it's because Eugene kind of has an ulterior motive. And this is kind of the first time where they've had an actual conversation where that's not been a part of it. Like I don't feel like Eugene was kind of angling here. He's like legitimately talking. But one of the things he talks about here is he apologizes for lying to you know to them you know when when he first met up with her like that uh-huh. you know go into DC and being a doctor and all that other kind of stuff and then you start like you start to you know kind of it kind of clicked for me there it's like oh he essentially did the same thing that Stephanie did to him. like you know he totally you know he totally gaslit them just like they gaslit him you know 
Now, now granted, you, you know, they, they kind of, things, things turned out very differently. Like Eugene, yeah. you know, try to make amends well, and be a better person and, you know, all this other kind of stuff. But well, the, the other, the other problem is though, Eugene's the one that's getting shit on despite him having nothing to do with any of this. Like he's, right. he's the one that got scammed and somehow he's the one at fault in, in Max's eyes. And like, right. Right. Like, what are you, what are you mad at him for? He's just the sap. Like, what did, yeah. what did he do? Yeah. He doesn't know you. He doesn't know anybody. He's, someone walked up and says, I'm Stephanie. I was on the radio. Here's all these facts. Why would he not? Why would he think there's a bait and switch going on? It's, <laughs> it's a little Women, karmic. who can figure him out, you know? It, yeah, yeah. It's a little karmic justice for Eugene, too, if you think about it. Because remember, he, he ditched them and went with Negan, right? Like, so, like, you, Eugene is not free of sin I mean, either. Negan took him. Right? Yeah, but he, tr- true, true, but he. What was his other option? Don't go. That will probably go well. My friend, yeah. my friend certainly has good things to say about that. He kept, for a while, he kind of embellished himself in that role too, though. Like he, he. Sure. Uh, anyway, I think I, it, it felt like a little bit of karma going on for me. I can, I can see that is what to what you're saying is just like he already got duped and like his world shattered yes. last episode like on top of that you're like now this person who has no real reason to be mad at him is going to be mad at him <laughs> like, yeah. what else what else does this guy need to suffer from here <laughs> yeah no that's that's true um so yeah and and he ends up lying he just says that look she she broke up with me he doesn't kind of tell her the truth of everything that's going on and and everything else that's 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 up so Again, nice little exchange between those two. Um, we cut back to Alexandria, and uh, Lydia and Daryl are actually catching up, which we haven't really, again, we haven't really seen a whole lot of Lydia so far this season, so or this part of the season. So, um, And Lance has a bunch of supplies that he's given up. So, you know, he, 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 he the hilltop is in bad, bad, bad shape. Like, it's basically a bunch of tents and and everything else. And it's, it's burnt out hole of a building. Yeah. It's, it's in very bad shape. And Lance, you know, is like, Hey, we got extra food. We got extra, all this extra stuff. You know, we can, we can kind of help out. Um, and then the one thing I I put this in my notes is Mercer walks up. Mercer has a sweet ass ax. That ax is, uh, that ax is mighty nice. Oh, ax ax. Yes. (laughs) To chop down trees with, (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think both is both is probably true. Um, he he is a he is a he is a specimen of a man. I will say that. Um, uh-huh. but no, it's like that. Bla- it's like this black axe that has like it's been sharpened. You know where the metal shit. I don't know. It's just like yeah, he's got a, he's got a cool tool. It's it's sure. it's mighty nice. Um. Anyway, um, and then and then Ezekiel uh, it's he spends they, a lot of time polishing it. That's for sure. Y- yes, yes, or somebody Polish. else polishing it for him. Uh, polishing his tool. Yes, Mercer's pretty popular. He probably doesn't have to polish his tool very often. He has folks to do that for him. You're 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 saying that he probably has sex a lot with other people because he's attractive. <laughs> <laughs> Penis. Penis. <laughs> oh. Yes. <laughs> Professionalism right. right out the window. Um, <laughs> so we cut back to, to um, Ezekiel and he, he's been given his meds to, um, 
to have his surgery, and he 100% has the right attitude as far as pizza goes. No pep- <laughs> no pineapple on the pizza. Like Wrong. Once he said that, I was like, I knew I liked Ezekiel for a reason. Like, yes. I like Jerry- Ezekiel, but I finally found a detractor. Pineapple definitely belongs on pizza. Uh, Not all you're pizza. Killing me. You're killing me. My, you, but give man. me some Canadian bacon, a little bit of red pepper. You're, you're I hurting just under- my soul. I just don't understand this thought that it doesn't belong. It's like, you don't have, no one's making you eat it. <laughs> just move along. It hurts my soul, Aaron. It hurts my Midwestern sensibilities. So don't eat it. Problem solved. <laughs> I'm Midwestern, and I love pineapple. I love Hawaiian pizza. I'm a very blue-collar pizza, pizza guy. I hope this is a debate when they go to Manhattan. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um. Anyway, I just thought that was funny that he he makes a point of telling Jerry that he wants to make sure there's no pineapple on the pizza. Um, so then we find out that Lance has some uh, some big ambitions. Uh, you know, he talks about basically these interconnected communities and almost like resorts. Like this is going to be like you're going to have Alexandria. You've got Oceanside, which is like your you know beachside resort, and you know we'll build up the hilltop. And clearly, I get what I got out of this now is Lance is positioning himself to be like the governor of this you know area of the country. The, the, yeah, the suburbs <laughs> or the whatever the yeah. outer skirts. Yeah, yeah. Because um, even Pamela's like you know what I'm going to you know you know. Like, why am I worried about what's happening in another state? And I think Lance is clearly like, look, this gives me an opportunity to get away from her. Like, I can build my own thing. I can, you know, basically live high on the hog and have the best of everything. And I can, you know, change of scenery and, and everything else. Um, so so clearly, I, I think that's that's where uh, that's where Lance and, and, or if nothing else, allow him to build up this part of the world and maybe, you know, someday make a challenge to go back to the Commonwealth is, you know, and to be like president or whatever, you know, whatever Pamela's title is. Um, but clearly he has larger ambitions outside of the Commonwealth. So things are, things are, I guess, starting to come into a little bit of focus. Um, I think this, this is where we start to see some of the nefariousness hinted at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at this point, there's a swarm coming in. Everybody kind of drops their stuff. Um, you know, all the people at the Hilltop, they go and, and um, uh, attack them. And then sure enough, you know, Mercer and Pam, they have, Mercer has his men kind of go around, line up, um, and he, he yells them to fire. And they completely in one fell swoop just mow down and drop every one of the, uh, every one of the walkers that were, that were out there. Now, how you're firing towards somebody and those bullets don't go through and hit the people. <laughs> I don't know, but I, the, the point was the utter inefficient show of force. Like it, it very much like a Maggie, you, this is what you can have. If, if you would align with us is like, you wouldn't have to worry about random swarms of walkers coming in and devastating your folks while you're trying to rebuild your, your, your place. You know, you would have, you know, an army that would, you know, guard and, and, uh, and protect you. And, um, ultimately it just, it doesn't, doesn't move the needle for her. Um, Maggie, you know, tells Pamela she's going to pass. Now, the interesting thing is, you know, her reasoning for it is she's like, Oh, there's always a cost. And I was like, well, if that's true, then how are you going to get like, you had to 
be a part of another group and then you plant, you would expect people to come into your group. So it, if you're saying there's always a cost, it's, it's almost, it's almost like Maggie saying there's always a cost unless it's me. Like I'm truly a good person. If I brought people into my group, then, you know, they wouldn't have to worry about there being a cost, but if it's somebody else, then, Oh, you know, I, I don't know. It was a little self-righteous. I, I thought, Oh, it is. Yeah. It's, it is. But uh, I mean, there's just enough history of what she's had to deal with, or it's like, I get where she's coming from. I also get where the other people at Hilltop are coming from. It's like, Maggie, have you seen our house? It sucks. Like yeah. we need, we could use the hands here. And I, 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 what I like about this is nobody's wrong, um, and I think the show knows that too. I think right. the show is acknowledging that there's it's a very complicated situation, and you have characters that are dynamic enough um, to know the pros and cons of what they're going for. And even if yes, even if it comes off a certain way, you, you're not going to convince them otherwise because there's a principle they want to follow. And I can I can under, I can be empathetic towards that even if it's ultimately like, yeah, it would be nice to have helping hands helping Hilltop or Maggie, you know, has a, 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 um, a fair sixth sense reading as far as, I don't know if I can trust the Commonwealth. Well, it's like, well, we right. know that you can't trust the Commonwealth. So it's right. like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, uh, I don't think poorly of her for having the right judge of character as far as eh, this might not work out the way we hope it does. Right. <clears throat> but it has a cost. Um, it does. I mean, ultimately, Diane and some of the others decide to leave. Like, they're yeah. just like, look, we're the, the offer's too good. Like, this, this, you know, this isn't working out. And even if we can get it kind of, you know, back to a semblance of, of what it is, it's going to be a very long, hard road. And the fact that Maggie's not I, – I think maybe if Maggie offered to align with the Commonwealth, they may have stayed. Because oh, at, easily because at, yeah. because at that point, like they'll have the resources there to truly rebuild Hilltop. So no, that's that's entirely what happened. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like they're she's not making the choice that will that in those people's eyes would definitely help them. And meanwhile, they're looking at the Commonwealth that has a sign that says "This way to the fireworks, puppy dogs, and candy factory." It's like, exactly. well, I want, well, are we, why are we not going there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so uh, so she. Uh, that you know takes a small group and they they decide to to head back to Alexandria. So uh then we get this weird sequence at the end with Lance out in the field and he has his revolver and we find out Lance is an exceptional shot. <laughs> like um you know he's nailing headshots from quite a quite a, uh, a distance away uh without thinking about it. And Aaron comes up to him and asks him like, "Hey, is everything all right?" and he waits until his walker gets right up close to him and then just tells him everything's fine. All is well. Aaron, I mean, I think he, he takes it a little too casual. He's like, oh, I guess he's just shooting some walkers. Like, he doesn't really, I don't think he's as trepidatious yeah. as you made it sound, just that he's more, which he should be. And it's just like, he kind of just goes up to him. It's like, yeah. Because, like, him and Lance have been kind of butting heads throughout the episode as far as, like, like they're they're not cool with each other. It seems like they're both. Right. It's got. It seems like a game sees game thing, except Aaron's like you know actually righteous. <laughs> where yeah. Lance is well, Lance and, is conniving, and Lance probably uh, but, picks up on the fact that he seems to be cozying up with Pamela, which obviously that, that's the thing too. Yeah, yeah. Aaron, Aaron is good with the other people. <laughs> so. Yeah, but he just kind of walks up to him. Is like oh, okay, I guess he's just shooting walkers <laughs> that's with a revolver. Yeah, yeah, drawing a lot of attention, which doesn't seem wise, but okay. Yeah. At first, you know, because he fires two shots in the air, 
Uh-huh. At first, I thought he was purposely trying to draw a horde in to prove a point. That's I was what I thought, too. Yeah. 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 Um, but no, he wanted he wanted some action. He just wanted some target practice. Yeah. <laughs> let, a, let off some steam, even though his disposition didn't suggest that he was, like, letting off anything. He just feels like, oh, I just need something to do. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where we end. Uh, oh, and, uh, and uh, real quick, because uh, Daryl sees Herschel, little Herschel, and uh, he brought he brought him some lollipops from Judith, which was nice. Yeah. Oh, one more, one more thing. Yeah. And one more thing with Daryl. I, I mentioned it when we talked about last episode that it would come up this episode. Um, mm-hmm. When there's when they f- kill all those walkers, um, you know, the the you know, our crew that we're used to, they're used to being somewhat respectful. They, you know, typically pick up the bodies, pile them up, either, you know, burn, you know, bury them in a pit or burn them or whatever. And so. Um, Mercer calls his men to kind of line up in formation and Daryl is, you know, still helping them with the bodies. And then Mercer even makes, he calls him out. He's like Dixon, you know, and he even says like, the only reason you're not in uniform is because, you know, it's, it's to make a showing for, in front for, of your, for appearances, for yeah. appearances. But, you know, and then when that happens with the lineup, he Mercer comes up to him and just kind of like on the slide just says, you need to, you need to pay attention. You never know who's watching. Like mm-hmm. it, it basically kind of sticking out for, for Daryl, like trying to make sure that he doesn't, um, you know, fall too far out of line or draw too much attention. And obviously he knows that Daryl knows how to play the game because in the last episode when Pamela's, you know, he gave Pamela's son the credit after, after Mercer kind of chewed him out for not being a team player and all that kind of business. So obviously there's something going on with Mercer and Daryl, um, you know, f- well, they're t- they're taking like this slow play approach to like the fact that they're obviously going to bond over whatever because it's it's weird because like this we got this rush to get them all to Commonwealth without having like much of an ex you know we're just kind of piece things together right but now we're getting these episodes that are like taking three episodes to get us to a point where we could get in one as far as we know that Daryl knows this stuff and it's just gonna you know it's because the plot requires him to be a certain way before he starts behaving the way he knows how to behave for right. the sake of this identity that he has to put on. It's like, all right, show, come on. <laughs> like, like, yeah. What do we want to do? We got to rush through stuff. Or we're going to take the slow way to try to do both. Like even this episode, I thought it would be like, because I knew Maggie was going to be in it. I figured it'd be like a flashback or something to get us more about like what happened. Yeah. With the whole combo thing. But instead it, it goes, it like reverse engineers it by having Pamela go to everybody and talk about what happened as far as why they're not in the Commonwealth yet. And it's like, okay, <laughs> that's an right. approach, I guess. Yeah, interesting to say the least. Um, so yeah, so that was episode twelve. So we have, um, I guess, what we have five more to go until the next break. Yeah. So, all right. So, how many busters do we give the lucky ones? Uh, Aaron, I'll let you go first this time. Okay, I'll I'll give mine then. Unfortunately, guys, I got to take off, but okay. um, I'm going to say three and a half busters. I like this episode. I think that um, you know, it's it's not an action heavy episode. That doesn't make or break an episode, but just it's something notable about it. It's one that's really about exploring these characters more. And you know, I like the stuff that we're exploring with these people because it's going to pay off <laughs> over time. I like, you know, Lance. I've already said like I think Josh Hamilton's performance is very good as him, and I like knowing more about Pamela. I think we're getting the right kind of things here. So. There's, and you know, getting uh, you know the whole complexity of all the Maggie stuff. I appreciated that because it feels like it's thought out as opposed to 
as opposed to just creating drama for the sake of drama, I could I, I feel the show is doing a good job of justifying why decisions are being made right now. And if that's what's going to build us up to whatever's going on in that flash forward we saw, cool. I mean, I'm, I, at least the work is being done to justify these things. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I just like seeing these communities. I, I joked about Oceanside, but it's like, hey, we got to see Oceanside for a little bit. That's nice. We get to see what's going on with Alexandria. Like, there's good stuff here. Uh, Ezekiel's going to live for now. That's nice also. Like, there's just a lot of like things that I appreciate about what we're getting from this character, these character dynamics so far, um, where last week it felt too specifically focused and the tone was a little bit off. This week feels, you know, it's... It's not biting time, but it's certainly, you know, it's it's doing more to put in work than the show is just Walker action, but the work is there. So ideally in the coming episodes, I'll be happy because, hey, they justified what happened. So there you go. Three and a half busters. All right. Cool. And we will, I guess, see you next week, Mr. North. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I got to take off. But, uh, glad to talk, everybody. As always, thank you, listeners, for listening. And well, we'll be back uh, next time. I'll be back next time. Sounds All right. Good. Bye, guys. All right. <clears throat> Rich, what do you give it? Um, well, I like this episode a lot more than the previous one. Um, I mean, this is kind of more of what I wanted to see out of the whole Commonwealth thing and having, you know, the beginnings of the tensions that are going to happen between, uh, the different communities and whatnot. Um, I loved Maggie in this episode. Uh, I think she, I think ultimately she made may have made the wrong choice, but could have manipulated the right choice. But, um, yeah, I think I'm right there where Aaron's at at three and a half. Gotcha. <clears throat> I'm going to give it three. I, I thought this one was, pre- you know, again, pretty mediocre, um, middle of the road, nothing offensive, nothing that really just kind of made me uh, scream out. Uh, like you said, I think the Maggie stuff was, was really good. Um I I, I kind of like where where this is going. Um, I, I'm just uh, like you guys, kind of anxious to to see it get there <clears throat> for sure. So um, that about sums that up for me. So on the Facebook group, I will uh, I'll, I'll read. The, we do have a few busters that were submitted in for the lucky ones. Um, so we'll go through these real quick. Um, starting off with Brent Jones. About two-thirds of the way into this episode, I thought about my rating and then Jim, and it made me so sad. Uh, yeah, for, for, for sure. It's, it's, the busters just don't feel the same. Uh, yeah. that's, that's for sure. Um, I'll just say this episode is what I've been waiting to see out of the Commonwealth deal, and I enjoyed it, but I just don't feel right saying much else about it here. Four. Uh, four, you'll be missed, and thank you for the memories, Jim's out of five. Well, thanks, Brent. We appreciate that for sure. Um, Miguel Servia, five out of five, uh, John PCR, wish Negan would have showed up. Um, I think we're probably done with Negan on the regular show. Mm. Maybe, eh, maybe not. Maybe, maybe, maybe he'll show mm. up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, maybe we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Richard Cherrington four in loving memory of Jim, the voice deets out of five. Enjoy these up. Ep- enjoy this week's episode a lot more than the previous episodes. That's all I can say, really, after such a sad week for all involved in the podcast. Um, R.I.P. Jim, Richard, Chopper Cherry, Charrington, Marathon Man, and Connoisseur <laughs> of Coors Light. Indeed, sir. Um, I like water, too. Yes, yes. We all, uh, yes, Jim is having a laugh as we speak. So thank you for that. 
Uh, Kevin Barry, four busters out of five. Episode having everything I wanted to see to help bring some of the storylines together. Uh, my your voice and memory live on, and all those who were impacted by you, Jim. That is for sure. Um, Yukiyoshi Sawada. So let's 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 saddle up. Um, four trade negotiation talks out of five. Uh, one, at least Pamela knows her son is an asshole. That's a start, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Two. Hey, this- Cersei knew jo- Joffrey was an asshole, too, so yeah. that doesn't really account for much. Yeah, that, that'll, that all ended well. Um, <laughs> two, this lady gets it. She knows the reason Rome fell was because it was too big to manage. Plus, Emperor Nero was a madman, but mostly the first thing, yeah. Three, no engineer? Give some... Uh, credits to my man Reg. Sure, Maggie and uh, Georgie did some renovations, but come on. Honorable mention to Noah, who would have been an architect if everyone didn't hate him. Uh, four. It's that Jerry goes with Ezekiel to his appointments. Broship is strong. Hey, look, Oceanside. Uh, five. I like Aaron is like, don't try use that used car salesman talk on me. I'm Aaron, a founder of Alexandria. Damn it. Six, Pamela does seem like a legit good leader who does care about her people. She, just like all politicians, is disconnected from the commoners. She serves. Yeah, no argument there. <laughs> Seven, Carol, Jerry said you had an appointment scheduled today. Anything come up? Um, blinkity, blinkity, blink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on that note, I would agree with Carol. You're a King Ezekiel. In the old world, this is how it goes, too. Eight. In world with no one making bullets, every shell counts. My opinion, Pamela wastes a shot just for one. Um, yeah, maybe so, but I'm guessing she probably has her own bullet yeah. factory going on. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think about the waste of the bullet. I thought of the sound of the shot putting yeah. in more walkers. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure they've they've got a they've got a munitions factory going. Yeah, going for sure. Um, Nine, Mercer is even famous among kids outside the Commonwealth. Mind you, Momo will be wearing a Mercer t-shirt when Fair gets to this era. I think it's Fear gets to this era. Oh, Fear gets, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, Um, Ten, Lance may be someone who just wants his name in the history books, but he's not wrong. The first step was surviving. The second was finding a way to settle down in a safe place. The third is starting connections with other safe places. Lance is right. I hate that, but it's true. 11. Maggie is stubborn and very pri- and a very prideful person. I get that. She is worried about freedom and owing the Commonwealth makes her uncomfortable. She used to doing things her own way and living hard on the road. But I think as a leader, she should have taken the, taken the deal. Uh, I don't feel like she's considering what her people need. I feel if Rick was here and not leading a resistance with Silas, he would have taken the deal and say, if they turn out to be something else, then we'll deal with it together. Together. Um, Together. Not to downplay Maggie, but think she forgot how to lead a community and not a group on the run or getting revenge. Eh. That's a good point, yeah. Maybe. The Waking Facts. 1A. This episode was originally titled All or Nothing, but was later changed for unknown reasons. Hmm. Mm. Uh, I guess... Uh, Follow-up. Wait, Lance is the, is the notice me senpai we've been missing in this franchise. <laughs> Very good. Um, Miguel Servia, five out of five. All right. So thanks again, everyone for, um, for replying on the Facebook group. We appreciate, uh, we appreciate that. We appreciate all again, pre- really appreciate the kind words. 
um, and the outpouring of support that, uh, that everyone has, has given to us and to Jim and to his family. Um, we all, we all really appreciate it. Uh, makes coming back and doing this that much, uh, you know, that little bit easier for us to do. Um, you know, obviously with, you know, with everything going on, we, you know, it, it was tough to kind of get back in, into the mode. So, um, I think from here on out, I think we'll, you know, we'll, we'll probably be back to a regular cadence. Um, we'll just see how things go, uh, with that. So thanks everyone for listening. Um, be sure to check out, uh, Aaron's reviews. We post them up on the Facebook page. Um, check it out at why Also give a listen to nothing's on the podcast. He does with his co-host Abe, uh, where they talk about the new movie reviews. Um, hopefully Daryl will be back next week. He'll get his, he'll, he'll get himself caught up. Um, but until then, uh, check out, um, the Taylor network of podcasts, uh, and you can catch me over there at Gotham by geeks, um, where Mr. Hassan and I just, uh, reviewed the Batman, the movie that came out as well as talked a little bit of news. And we talked a little bit about the, um, the new, uh, Dark Knight Returns board game from a company called Cryptozoic, which is... I a, have it. Yeah. I have the Kickstarter Deluxe Edition and got it in the mail yesterday. So did we. We I got mine on... <laughs> I got mine Tuesday. He got his Monday. Isn't that gorgeous? It is. So we're part of the club. Yay! Um, yeah, so we're super super stoked about it. So we talk a little bit about that. Um, it's it's a ginormous uh, piece of piece of uh, board gaming if you're if you're into that kind of thing. So... Uh, definitely check all that out over there. Uh, and again, thanks everyone for listening. So uh, until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth. I don't have anything to say. Don't let your ice cream melt.